everybody welcome to another episode of journey doses it's just ashley today i know you miss tyler but i promise to do you all well i have a really exciting guest that i'm going to do a proper intro for in just a moment alicia citro uh, but before i do that i want to tell everyone because you can't see but you can hear i am in my truck parked on the side of the road in a valley where i get four bars of 4G network. So Tyler and I are parked in Santa Barbara, where we're in a very beautiful area. We're actually like 35 minutes from downtown. So we're in a valley. It's it's hard to complain because I look out my window and I see beautiful blue skies and wilderness. We actually saw a coyote this morning, like right outside of our trailer. But we have no cell service and we've been here for, we're going to be here for a total of 21 days and working and doing the podcast and like doing our client meetings is so incredibly challenging. But the reason I wanted to say it first is because Alicia is like, this is a first someone in a car, but that's cool. And (laughs) to give some context, but also to say, you know, this Tyler and I didn't decide to live in a trailer because it was going to be easy. We knew it was going to be hard and challenging in ways that we would have never even been aware of. But the the message, in my opinion, here is where there is a really strong will, there is a way. And Tyler and I have a strong will to be consistent with our podcast and to continue to record these really powerful conversations with a variety of amazing people. And I have Alessia on the schedule for today, and I was going to make it work. So here I am. So anyways, Alessia, if you don't know her, I'm going to give you a little bit of background, then we're going to dive in. So Alessia is the blueprint, in my opinion, for successfully becoming a corporate dropout and starting or expanding your own business, as she's done. And we'll definitely dive into what all that means and how she's done it. And in fact, she has a podcast called The Corporate Dropout. So if you haven't listened and you want to get inspired, go listen to that for sure. It's more about, it's not just about like leaving a corporate job. There's definitely more to it. And so um, it applies to a lot of people, I think. And then I'll also say, if you want to, in, in regards to introducing her, if you are someone who wants to, as she says, unlock your inner badass, then you can work with Alasia as your coach one-on-one. And I know she's doing, she's in the works because this is all like in the last couple months. So she's in the works of a lot of cool stuff um, that is right around the corner. So it's, it's imperative that you guys go and follow her and, and uh, you're, you're definitely going to get inspired. Um, so Alicia, thank you so much for joining this podcast. Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. And wow, that was quite an introduction. I didn't know you were going to say all those glowing compliments, but I, I received them. Oh, well, (laughs) you know what? I love that, that you say that you received them because I think it's very hard to receive. Do you feel like that's something you've been working on? Oh yeah. Big time before. Well, actually, even before we started recording, you were like, well, we're not going to do video, but oh, you look great. And your space looks great. My space does look great. I don't feel like I look great. And I was like, yeah, no, but I should have instead said I received that. Right. Right. And we, we never want to shit on ourselves as I know, you know, Oh yes, I did just, yep. You caught me shitting on myself. Yep. I'm trying to be more cognizant of that, but it still happens. (laughs) I did catch you. And I felt like I could probably call you out on it. I felt like you would take it well. Um, (laughs) we're actually going to dive into this because that is a question I have later. I can tell from listening to I've, I've plowed through there's some recent podcasts of yours that I haven't listened to, but up until then I plowed through them and I can tell that from the language you use that you've done a lot of inner work. And I'm, I'm going to pause on that and we're going to come back to it before we do that. I want to talk more about like this whole arena of corporate dropout and let's connect first with our listeners that who are listening today. And let's tell them like, Alicia, who is your audience? Like, who do you desire to help and inspire? Because I believe it's probably bigger than just someone who wants to drop out of their corporate job as I see it. Um, but also like who is a potential corporate dropout? Mm, yeah, good questions. Okay. So when I started this, the vision was that it would be people that were just like me, like 30 something women, probably moms that were just burned out trying to meet these ridiculous expectations that society and the corporate world have put on us because you can't be, you know, cooking and cleaning and doing laundry and working 40 hours a week and staying in shape and, you know, making crafts with your kids. And, you know, it's just, it's like, who's doing that? I don't, I don't know anyone that's doing all of that. Right. And so at the same time, um, I'm going to give you kind of the longer answer here at the same time, earlier this year, I discovered Dr. Valerie rain. She was recommended to me by my uh, business coach at the time, Dr. Melissa Hanault, Dr. Valerie rain discovered this thing called patriarchy stress disorder. And it's basically the fact that like women have been oppressed for millennia, right? Like I'm the first person in my entire lineage to have a career and an income and like any modicum of like professional success. And so basically the theory is that intergenerational trauma is transmitted. And now you have our generation of women that are trying to really make something of themselves but we still have all this baggage from before. And we have these completely ridiculous expectations. So it started off as like, I'm going to just speak to people who are just like me, who need to know that it's okay to go their own way and whatever. The interesting thing though, and you know, I interview men on the podcast. The interesting thing though, that I was not expecting there are a lot of male listeners as well. In fact, one of my first coaching clients is a man, which I told my husband, I was like, I don't want to coach men. I just want to coach women. Like, <laughs> like I want to empower other women. And now I'm like, well, why would I be exclusive about that? Like, I love, I love the guys too. Right. So, um, anyway, it's really for anyone that's just coming to the realization that there is more to life than working in this nine to five hamster wheel or fitting inside this neat little box that society wants us to be in. Like this is a show for people who want to color outside the lines. And there's a couple focuses of it. One is like the tactical tips. Like what are things that you can actually take away from the show and apply to your business or your life? 
There's interviews with inspiring entrepreneurs. And then there's mindset episodes because so much of this is like the personal development, the mindset work and the action to back it up. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, anyone who is ready to buck the status quo would be a, a listener that I think would enjoy the content. I love that. And I, what's still standing out to me from what you said is like someone who wants to color outside the lines. Like, I think that's such a beautiful metaphor for kind of answering this question of like, who, who's your audience and like, who are you speaking to and who are you helping and guiding? And it's, and it doesn't have to necessarily be someone who wants to leave their nine to five, but let's recognize like, are you feeling fulfilled by by that work. And if you're not, what is the answer or the solution? But it's also, as I feel like I see when I, when I, from what I hear you saying, I feel like you also are someone who like, if someone's going to work with you one-on-one or through the, listen to your work through the podcast, like you're going deeper down to the root, like what, like you said, like the mindset stuff, it's not just the bandaid of like, what's the solution? Okay. Leave the job. But what's, what's the root of why you maybe feel unhappy So that's just my reflection back that I hear. You're spot on. Absolutely. I I'm stoked to be talking to you. I feel like I need you to be my coach. Maybe we should talk about that. Um, (laughs) I've already, I've already left my (laughs) nine to five, but like, I think that there could be something there for us. Um, (laughs) So in in that regard, actually a question I don't have written down Um, when you start work with someone one-on-one, like what is, what, what, how do you set the foundation? What are your first couple of questions that you ask to really like set the playing field? You know, I, I think a lot of it is what, where do you feel stuck right now? A lot of us have these like invisible barriers. M- me too, by the way, like I practice what I preach. I have a coach, I'm doing personal development work all the time. And it just, you know, you just keep peeling back on, uh, you know, layers of the onion. Right. And it, it's a never ending journey, by the way, like this continues as long as you're breathing, like there's additional levels that you can unlock kind of like a, a video game. I don't play video games anymore, <laughs> but took me back to thinking of that. Um, so yeah, I really want to know, like, what is it that's blocking you? And, you know, part of this, and I know some people think that this is kind of a crock, but I think it's spot on. A lot of it is like the inner child work, like what happened when you were little that's making you act this way now. Have you heard the concept of passengers on the bus? I talked about this on a podcast episode, but it bears repeating. Um, I I know about inner child work and I definitely do this for myself, but passengers on the bus, I don't know. All right. So throughout your life, you're pretend that uh, your life is a bus and ideally you are the one that's driving it and you have the destination that you want to go. But here's the thing. You pick up passengers throughout your life that are versions of you or states of being. And so this is something that's kind of interesting. Did you know your entire subconscious is formed before the age of seven? Um, you know, I think only because I've listened to your podcast girl, but you tell, you tell the (laughs) listeners because they don't know. (laughs) Okay. So, and, and also let me just, let me just preface this by saying, if you have children right now that are older than seven, or like I have an almost three-year-old and I just learned this and I'm like, Oh my God, have I screwed her up? you know, like three of the seven years, but okay, here, here's the thing though. Like, don't, what I'm about to say, like, don't feel bad about it. If you haven't always been like that, you know, ideal, um, hallmark movie type of parent, right? Like we're all human and it's okay. But between the ages of zero and seven, that is when basically your entire subconscious is formed and it's a perfect memory. It's like a filing cabinet. 
you're not going to be able to consciously remember all of it, but it's there. And so if uh, let, let's use money as an example, I'm very, very passionate about helping people rewire their money mindset because I've had to do this myself and I'm still working on it, by the way. But let's just pretend you grew up in a house where all you heard was that rich people were greedy or if they had money, it's because they screwed someone or they did an unsavory business deal or, you know, money is bad. Money is evil. All of these kind of things. And now you're trying to make money and acquire wealth, but you're having a hard time. It's because subconsciously you think it's evil and it'll make you bad and it'll make you greedy. And so there's a part of your brain called the ACC. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's like your brain's conflict detector. And so if you say, I want to go make money, but your subconscious says money's bad, money makes me bad, money makes me greedy. Your ACC is going to go to work and it's going to make sure that you don't come into any money. It's Mm. going to literally prevent you from taking the action. Oh my God. You know, that reminds me, I read this book. It's called Six Figure Women by Barbara Stanny. Have you ever heard of that book? No, but I will add it to my list. Add it to the list, girl. (laughs) So I actually didn't read it. I listened to it on Audible, but that's not the point. The point is... When you, when you look at the title, you think like, okay, this is, this book is going to tell you how to make lots of money. And in, in a way that's what it's doing. But this woman had like, this author has a bunch of books kind of around this, this category. And what she did for this book is she interviewed a lot of like really high earners. And then I don't remember the exact title that she used, but a lot of like potential earners, like they were currently earning a lot lower than they could potentially earn. And through the interviews, and then into the book, she's like drawing these correlations. There's a lot of a lot of great stuff in there. So it, 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 in my opinion, spoke a lot more to like the mindset. And it speaks exactly to what you're saying that the biggest thing that I got out of that book was this idea of if you look at a wealthy person and you have a judgment of them, maybe a let's say a negative judgment, like they don't they have they have so much money because they don't give their money away or they're wealthy and so they must be selfish or whatever like the examples you used as well then that's going to hold you back from becoming a wealthy person because you have a fear of being judged that way yes. and that was the biggest message i got from that and it's exactly what you're saying and then so that's one thing for you and for any of the listeners um and then the other thing i wanted to reframe or or uh, mirror back to you was the the idea of the passengers on the bus. So I yeah. hadn't really heard it that way, but yeah, I need to close the loop on that. Please, I yeah, went you off on a tangent. Loop on it first. No, the <laughs> I tend to was, do this. <laughs> the tangents were absolutely beautiful. Um, I'll let you close the loop on that first, and then I'll reframe. All right. So so let's pretend that um, oh gosh, uh, what's the scenario I want to use as an example? Okay, let, let's pretend that you are trying to be um, a successful entrepreneur, but you watched your dad slave away and break his back to earn an income. And so you, you have a passenger on the bus who identifies with making money being equated to working yourself to the bone and not being home a lot. You might have that passenger driving your bus where they're going to deviate from you being successful because being successful means I don't see my family and I'm miserable and I'm working constantly. So that's just one example. A lot of times too, and and I think that this is very prevalent amongst women, especially, and this is something I'm working on a lot too, is like the people pleasing behavior. 
because, you know, it's just so much easier for us to, you know, smile and go along with it because otherwise we get called a bitch or, you know, whatever. And so that can also be someone that's driving the bus is like this maybe four-year-old version of you that needs validation from mommy or daddy or whoever. And so it's playing out as an adult, but you have no idea of it until you, you kind of learn that all this stuff is going on under the surface. The subconscious drives like 90 to 95% of your behavior. So if you have no idea that that's going on, like, yeah, you're not the one that's in the driver's seat. That's huge. 90 to 95. Okay. If anyone heard that statistic, that is like your sign, you know, to dive deep. If you haven't dove deep into your own like personal self healing work, like there's 90% there. That's like just itching and waiting. And I guess like, I hadn't heard of like the way you phrased it, but the way I phrased that, um, whole kind of example for myself is like when people talk about parts of self, you know, there are so many like parts of ourselves. And I have even used the term of like, who's driving the wheel. So I guess like, yeah, I wasn't familiar with the, with your term, but I really love all of, I love that metaphor in that example I think it helps people understand this idea of like that we have parts of ourselves and that it comes from like certain ages or certain Mm -hmm. like external influences outside of us and like to kind of take a step back and be curious like when you react in a certain way or you ask a kind of question or you make a certain choice like who is driving the wheel when that choice Mm -hmm. was made is it is it like your three-year-old self that's afraid for whatever reason And that's okay. You know, we don't have to say that that's bad, but like, let's be aware of it and acknowledge it. Um, Are you rubbing a crystal on your neck? I am. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish that we had video. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't pronounce that gua sha or whatever the thing that you do to like, yeah, it feels really good. This one's blue. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a a good one. Okay. I'm going to need one of those. Oh yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I'll, I'll give you the link to put in the show notes. I love my, I joke that she's my crystals dealer, this lady, Dr. Betty, she's amazing. And she does everything she can to make sure she's getting ones that are ethically sourced and not synthetic and all that stuff. And anyway, I love her crystals so much. Like my whole office is full of them that I became an affiliate. So I have a oh. promo code for you guys too. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so we'll put Definitely. it in the show notes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm stoked for that. I'm going to need to use that for myself for sure. I have to like, because now that we live in a really small space, like every time I make a purchase, I'm like, okay, where would this go? But I do have a little yeah. box in my bedside of like smaller little crystals and I, I carry them around with me and stuff. I'm going to be a blessing too, to be so intentional that you don't have a place to put it. So like you don't need it. I mean, I, yeah, I need to start acting as if that's my scenario because I'm accumulating way too much stuff. The more to do a purge. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, typical spring cleaning, but maybe a fall cleaning in this case, but you know, the more space that we have, the more stuff that we, that we get. And we, I mean, we've had to downsize and minimalize like crazy, but, but anyways, but the crystals are still important. They still have a home for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. So here's where I want to go next. Um, I of course have listened to your podcast and I feel like the plane story is like critical (laughs) in your story. And so I will say to people like go to the corporate dropout podcast and like find the title that says the plane story and listen to it. But could you, I'll challenge you to give like a brief, brief plane story for for the listeners now. Cause I think it like sets the framework for, your choice to leave your nine to five job, Mm -hmm. which was a really high earning position Mm -hmm. and also sets the framework of how you work with manifestation. Yeah. Okay. I've told this story so many times I'm getting better at making it 
brief and concise. <laughs> so here it goes. Okay. So um, it's June of 2021. And my husband and I had always had this dream of owning a property in Maui that would be an investment property. So like Airbnb, VRBO, whatever. We're there for a week working like crazy to get this place spiffed up because it really, it looked like absolute death when we bought it. We bought it sight unseen and it needed a lot more work than we even thought. But, you know, despite the fact that we're in Maui and we're not doing anything like quote unquote fun, we're not relaxing at all. Like we were just in such a different state of being just like so grateful and just like in awe of the fact that we were fixing up a property that we own in Maui. So all these, you know, all these things kept working out for us. Like, um, you know, the, the new appliances that we didn't know we were going to need, all of them ended up being in stock, which if anyone listening is in Hawaii or has tried to send something to Hawaii, you know, that that can be pretty difficult. The bed that we got looked like doll furniture. So we ended up going to a store and like the only bed we liked in the whole place, they actually had in stock and delivered it the next day. Like just little things like that kept happening. So fast forward, we're on the plane coming home or boarding the plane. And we're in the boarding area and my husband has really high status with American. And so they call us over the loudspeaker and they're like, Hey, you guys just got cleared for an upgrade to first class. And we're like, Oh, hell yeah. Cause you know, that's a long flight. It's like five and a half hours. And I don't know about you all, but you know, if I can fly first class instead of coach, like I'm going to do that all day. So, <laughs> so the lady at the counter is like, okay, well the seats are not together though. So do you still want the upgrade? We're like, yeah, we just spent a week together. Like it's all good. So we get on the plane, neither of our seatmates would switch with us so that we could sit together, which again, like that's fine, all good. And we take off. So I'm not a plane talker. Like I hate talking to people on planes because I mean, I love talking to people all the time, but like if I can remove myself from the situation, if I'm going to be sitting next to you for five and a half hours and like, you know, you're, you're rolling the dice on that one, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I put my noise canceling headphones on. I start listening to a podcast about leaving your corporate job. And I knew all three of the people that were on this show. It's my friend, Sandy and Wade. And then my business coach, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. Melissa, and they're telling their corporate dropout stories. And I'm taking like five pages of notes. I'm like, oh my God, like just picking up on all these nuggets. And I'm like, I have to quit my job. Like, I know that I need to, I just, I'm so out of alignment. I just wish I had a sign to know when it's time. Okay. So right then the podcast ends flight attendant walks up. What can I get for you to drink? I order a Tito's soda with lime and my seatmate says, Oh, I, I order the same, make it two. And so we start chatting a little bit, but I still have like, you know, the one headphone off so I can kind of go back to listening just in case this doesn't go well. And she, (laughs) she says to me, okay, so I have to confess something to you. I couldn't switch my seat because my daughters are sitting across the aisle and I need to be close to them. But you know what? I wouldn't have anyway, because I knew when you walked towards me that we were meant to sit together and that I needed to talk to you. And I was like, uh, okay. And you know, she probably knew that I was open. I could see some people being like, what are you smoking? You know, (laughs) (laughs) but I was like, oh, I'm here for it. Like I whipped the headphones off. I'm like, what do you got to tell me? Like, I'm all yours. And she says in two sentences, she basically convinces me that I need to quit my job. So she tells me she's a top leader in a network marketing company. Um, but you know, she knows that she needs to have a broader impact beyond the people on her team, which is exactly how I was feeling. And then she says, you know, um, 
I've, since we took off, I've been creating the business plan for a coaching and personal development company. And so a week prior, so I told you we were there for this rental property, right? So we put it in an LLC and I'm talking with the lawyer who's doing it. And I said, Hey, Karen, you know, what, what would it cost to make this other LLC? You know, I'm thinking of starting up a podcast at some point and want to write a book, want to coach people. You know, I should probably just get this in place while I'm having you do this. She's like, Oh, just pay the filing fee. That's a copy paste job. Like, okay, cool. So a week before this, as an afterthought, I created the LLC rising tide coaching and development. And I, and I said to Jody, my seatmate, who I'm dear friends with, we text and talk all the time. I said, you're the sign that I need to quit my job. And she goes, I know I'm the sign. And that's why I knew I needed to talk to you. Oh my gosh. How'd I do? Was that five minutes or so? I was, I was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, <laughs> and, you know, and I know the story, but I still enjoyed listening to it. And I will tell people again, like definitely if you want a longer version, like, cause the story is so inspiring and it's so exciting to to see an example like this of like this clear like you've manifested this sign you were like give me a sign for this very specific thing and then it just so clearly happened and 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 it's given right yeah exactly so so what was your experience with manifestation before that and like since that happened do you feel like you've kind of dive deeper into it? Like, what do you do? What are your tools and practices when you have a goal that you are trying to manifest? You know, I've been manifesting things for a really long time. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. So the, there's like a couple critical pieces to manifesting. One is you have to take action, right? Like you can think and visualize all day long. No, if you're not taking action to it's, it ain't going to happen. Right. But here's, here's really the secret ingredient. In my opinion, I have maybe to the point of delusion belief in myself to where I know anything I set out to do, I will accomplish. And I don't. So so the person listening, that's like, I don't have that kind of belief in myself. Like there are ways to build that muscle. Um, but I, I think, you know, I've just been fairly confident my whole life. And so that kind of, it comes a little bit easier. Like I'll give you an example. I moved to Chicago after college. So this is 2009, great recession. I had other friends that had moved out there prior. It was taking some of them like four months or more to get like crappy entry-level jobs. I book a one-way ticket with, this will make you laugh. I had $2,000 total that I'd saved. The rent and the place I was subletting was $700 a month. And it was a three-month sublet. So you can do the math on that. (laughs) It's close. It's really close. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I ran out of money in like three weeks, by the way, because you know, the finance has never been my thing. I'm better about it now. It also pays to marry someone who's like a yin to your yang. But (laughs) anyway, um, but that's a conversation for another day. But anyway, I just, I knew it was going to work out for me. I knew I was going to land a job and I did within three weeks. And like the day the money ran out, I had a a temp job I'd gotten week two that check hit my bank account. It was enough to float me until the next payday. Once I started the job and I ended up staying there for four years. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just, you have to have this unwavering faith and belief. And and also when you hit roadblocks, the awareness that they're not happening to you, they're happening for you. And because there was something better, you just need to come over that, you know, that pit and then get to get to the peak, which you will in turn appreciate more as a result of the pit. Right. Okay. A few things to say back. Let's see if I can remember all of them. 
I feel like some of them are already <laughs> rambled a little too. But. No, it's all. I love everything you're saying. First, just like random side note. I was actually living an hour and a half north of Chicago around the same time frame. I was what, would I, that have been like Milwaukee area. Yeah, I was. Yeah, oh, a smaller cool. town in between Milwaukee and Madison. Yeah. Um, so that's funny. Um, but OK, I, I like that you're talking about like that you have this deep knowing and that that is a muscle you can build. We could go down like how to build that muscle, but I'm also curious of like other things that, okay. So, you know, that's an example of a story that you were manifesting before you even really realized it. you had that strong muscle and now you can kind of like put that into words and explain it. Do you feel like there are other things that you do now? Like, for example, like I'm, I'm trying to consider like, how do you manifest? And like, yes, there's this balance of like action and like believing. And, but I try to practice things like, being very, very clear with my goals, like writing them down, saying them out loud. Like, are those things that you do? Is there anything else you could throw into the pot? Yeah, I love that. And I think it's also, it all starts with being right. So I'm sure you've heard this, but in case there's any listeners who have not, typically the way people go about doing things is have, do, be. So like once I, just as an example, once I have money, then I can do this thing that will make me be happy. Just as an example, you have to start from the being. So like who, like what type of person do I want to be? And this is a good way to build the bridge and like beef up that muscle. If you feel like when you say affirmations of I am successful, if you feel like that's a lie, that's not going to help you. (laughs) So the way that you can build a bridge is you might say something like I am the type of person who becomes successful or who can become successful. So it's, it's not quite as extreme as like the, I am successful, but it's building the bridge and kind of building the confidence. And then based on however you want to identify, how does that person act? Right? So if I am being an athlete, what does an athlete do? They get up and they get their butt on, you know, the treadmill or the Peloton or the gym, or they go on a run or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. And then you do the things that this identity would, and then you have what they have ultimately. So I think there's that. And then the other big, big thing, it's really easy to focus on whatever it is that we're lacking. So as an example, I'm, you know, I've quit this high paying job at Google riding the gravy train as I always, I call it the Google gravy train jokingly. <laughs> So the gravy trains come to a stop and now like, it's just me. Like if I don't get coaching clients, if my network marketing business collapses, if, you know, I don't end up getting sponsorship on the podcast at some point and able to monetize it, like no money is going to come in. It's all up to me. And so it's very easy to fall into the scarcity mindset of like, oh my gosh, I'm not making any money and to focus on the lack of money. If you do that, vibrationally, you will be at the frequency to attract more of that. So more of a lack and look like I'm in this spot right now. I'm what almost four months into being a corporate dropout. So like things are definitely getting real, like the honeymoon phase and excitement. I mean, it's still exciting, but like that part's kind of worn off now. It's like, okay, I need to like really get these businesses going. Instead. I just focus like 
I know it's coming and I'm grateful for it as it arrived. I know that the people who need to work with me that I can help will find me. And it comes from this place of service and love and knowing that your needs will be provided for so that you focus on that. And that's where things really start to happen. Holding space though, because I know that that's easier said than done, but it's a muscle that you have to strengthen. You know, I feel like you read my mind because my next kind of question was going to be basically, you know, even through this conversation, I've been observing and like really appreciating how you'll say like an aspect of working on manifestation or your mindset, but you'll be honest of like those aspects that you're still working on for yourself. Um, So I I really appreciated that. And then I was basically going to ask, like, does fear creep up for you? Or like you said, like this lack mentality um, and how do you deal with it? And you basically answered my question. I, from what I heard, it's like, it's a reframe. It's like an acknowledgement of, of that mindset as it comes in and reframing it. And if you have anything else to add to that question, love, I would love to hear, you know, the only other thing I would add, and in case my husband listens to this, like he has been so supportive and amazing. I have to give him a lot of credit because, you know, to have your spouse leave a job where like, I don't want to be tacky, but if I hadn't left, I, I was doing so well in my territory. I probably would have made a half a million dollars this year if I'd stayed. Like I wow. walked away from a lot of money to now go down to, well, not totally one income because, you know, I still have some other income streams, but to really have it all on my husband, like it kind of freaks him out. Like, yes, he's been so supportive, but he's also remember how I said I moved to Chicago with two grand and I had $2,100 worth of rent. Not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that way. He's very (laughs) pragmatic. He's very planned. And so sometimes the fear creeps in because of him, because, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I have not cut back on my Amazon orders and things like that as much as I should. And he's like, Oh my God, more boxes are here. Like (laughs) you got, you got to chill out. And so it's stuff like that, that will make the fear creep in, but okay. So the antidote to that because it's good to have that balance. It really is. But the antidote to that is to just revisit the why revisit the service. And this is a critical piece. You have got to surround yourself. Even if it means leaving the current tribe and finding a new one, you have to surround yourself with other people who take risks, have been on the journey and that will keep you going because otherwise it's very easy to freak out. Like if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, don't go to your friends that are like, working a nine to five and loving it for advice. Like, and and don't, don't do that. Go to your friends that have built businesses or want to do that. You're going to be guided a bit better by them. So anyway, that was kind of a long answer, but I felt like I needed to share all the long (laughs) answers are all the long answers are absolutely beautiful. I give you space to answer all of them in a long version. If you so desire up until uh, (laughs) noon today. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Um, Oh, what was I thinking? Um, Oh, shoot. Well, it's gone now. Anyways. Okay. So now I mentioned this earlier on and I said we would come back to it. And like, I feel like now is a good time to come back. So as I've listened to your podcast, and I think as it's totally evident in the conversation we've had thus far, I feel like I can tell that you've done a lot of like inner self work. Um, And like I said, I can hear that in the language that you use. And I can hear that in like the, the root of how you operate your business. So I would love to dive into how, how do you see the self-work that you've done to be important to 
for lack of a better term, your money work, like your business. Mm. And then, you know, so how, how does that self-work help your business? And then also like, where did that journey start for you? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Okay. So I think a big part of the self-work, especially if you're someone that wants to be a coach, by the way, the way that I figured out that I wanted to do this was through network marketing, because I realized in mentoring these people that were coming on my team and watching them do things that they didn't think that they could do and achieve things that they had never achieved before as a direct result of me, like being their hype girl and like helping guide them. I'm like, Oh my God, I want to do this. Like exclusively. And this is my, this is my fucking jam right here. Right. (laughs) So that's kind of how I fell into this, but here's the thing. Like if you're coaching people, you need to have a way to, um, the way I've heard it put is like, have a clean container, right? Like, let's say that we're in a coaching session. I'm not going to bring any of my inner child crap into your session. Right. It may help me to recognize as you're saying something like, oh yeah, like I feel that too. Like I know what, you know, what's going on, but I'm not like projecting it onto you or anything like that. Um, and also like one of, one of the things that has been really critical for me actually is learning that anytime someone triggers me or like there's someone whose vibe is just, isn't sitting. I now know through doing this inner work, there's something in them that I have in me that I don't like. And that's why they're triggering them. It has nothing to do with them. It's something I need to deal with. And so that has made me so much calmer. So like I'm half Italian, Sicilian to be specific. I'm also an Enneagram eight and like a Sagittarius on steroids. Like I found out I have five planets in Sagittarius. My My moon is in Aries and my rising is Leo. Like I'm all fire, right? I used to have such a short fuse and get angry so easy. Angry is still like the first emotion I'll go to when things are not hot. But now it's like, I have that pause because I've done so much work that I like recognize these shadow parts of me that I don't love and the shadow parts of me that I see in other people. And rather than it setting me off, I can just see it for what it is, accept, allow, and then continue on. So it's been a journey. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like you said, even earlier in the podcast, I'm remembering, like you said something, how it's never ending. Like, you know, we don't, we don't get into our, our self healing with this, this goal. Like we're not running a marathon where there's like a finish line. Like it's, it's ever evolving. And like, you just kind of fall down the rabbit hole, like deeper and deeper and deeper. And I can already hear, um, you know, I love hearing the ways that you are drawing the connection of like how your work, how your self-work has helped you with where you're at now, like as a coach, like you can identify what feelings are yours and what feelings are not yours and, you know, boundaries and all this stuff. And actually, so uh, I have a small handmade business, but I have uh, I'll, I'll take the floor and share a little bit for a second. I experienced a little bit of manifestation for myself a couple months ago. And I thought, you know, I've been running my small business for three years and I, I've really been bootstrapping it. And I have all these resources and trackers and templates. And, and I also have a background in product design and corporate experience and project management. Like I have all these things and I want to put, take it all together and give this resource packet out, like, you know, something, well, 
not give it out. People would have to purchase it, but like a resource that I could give to help anyone who's like at ground zero with their small handmade business. And I had all these physical output ideas. And then my partner is a personal trainer and a holistic coach. And so he's in the coaching realm. And he said to me, well, maybe you could also like consider working one-on-one with these people at some point. And at first I had this story that I wasn't really ready for that, but I thought about it more and it was in conversation and in my, in my mind. And then without sharing it on my social networks, I had three people, three, three people, two of them were customers that buy from me that referred people in their life to me for me to like help and guide these people. And I didn't even share that it was something that I wanted to do. And so anyways, I worked with these people pro bono, but, um, just so that I could kind of get some confidence and, and, uh, get every, get, get my strategy in line. How do I want to show up in these meetings? But the first point is that that's my example of manifestation where, and also my example of like, recognize the stories that you tell yourself when you are saying that you are not ready or you're not worthy or competent enough. Like, you know, we are all at wherever we are at in our journeys. And if you, if you don't do this thing now, how can you expect to do that thing 10 years from now? You have to make mistakes and start at ground zero. So that's my little manifestation thing. But the other thing I want, the reason I'm bringing it all up is something that as I started to really slowly kind of trickle in some more um, clients, I've realized that the people that I'm attracting to work with me are mirroring something to me that I'm explicitly working on as well. Like something that's in my field. And so like this money mindset thing that you've talked about, like that's like, you know, the lack mindset, like these are things that I'm heavily working on. And I, and I have a client coming in right now that that's something she's also heavily working on. And so something that I find beautiful about this one-on-one work is like, it's mutually beneficial in one way or another, but I, but I said all that because I wanted to ask, is that something that you see as well? When you work with your people one-on-one, do you say, wow, this is really interesting. Something here is mirroring something that is of high priority or importance in my field all the time. It's kind of wild. Like I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of two clients. One is mirror. So a good coach, let me pause real quick. A good coach acts as a mirror to their clients, right? You're not projecting any of your crap on them. You're just acting as the mirror so that they can draw their own conclusions and like have their own breakthroughs. Like you're a facilitator, but at the same time, your clients also end up being mirrors for you. And so I have one who I'm very much realizing, like she's helping to reflect back to me, like the people pleasing behavior that I'm, I'm working on eradicating right now. I had another one who he basically reminded me that like, I quit this high paying, great job to be able to go to the beach at lunch or like put my feet in the sand after dropping my daughter off at daycare and not, you know, freaking out needing to like continually open my phone and have the green indicator light come up on Gchat or Slack or Teams or whatever it is, right? Like, so yeah, I get so much benefit from my clients too. It's pretty awesome. It's such a, it's such an exciting space to be in. Um, so I'll take that transition and I'll run with that. If someone wanted to, if someone's listening to this and they're inspired by you know, the conversation that, that we're having, the way that you're showing up in it and things that you're saying, and they want to work with you. How do they, what do they do? Where, where do they start? Well, I (laughs) have, so my background is in sales, right? 
a key part of sales is qualifying people in or out. Like I don't want anyone to come and pay me unless they're ready to do the work. And so I have an application that people need to fill out in order to work with me. <laughs> and because I, it, it's twofold. One, I want to qualify you out. Like, are, do you want this bad enough to take the time to fill out an application? Because if you don't, it's going to be a hell of a time to work with you. But two, it also helps me understand like where you're starting from and like make sure it's a good fit and all that. So there's dual purpose, but that's on my website. It's alaciacitro.com slash coaching. Um, and let's see, I think, you know, the other thing too, like when you're looking to work with a coach, I think everyone should have a coach. And on, I mean, I don't know that a coach is a substitute for a therapist. If you have like, you know, mental stuff going on and I hate even saying it that way. Like I have mental stuff, whatever that means, like Zoloft for the win. Um, <laughs> I know I've but, actually, I'll just pause you and say like, you've been, been in some of your content recently, you've kind of like pulling the veil back on that. And, yeah. um, and that, I mean, that's a whole other thing we could do. I'll just, I'll oh, just yeah. acknowledge real quick, like how uh, beautiful I think it is that you are showing up authentically as yourself and sharing like, Hey, like I've had these, these phases of life where something like, as you say, Zoloft has really helped me. And anyway, yeah. that's a side note. Yeah. I wish that more people talked about it because, you know, not enough do. And then I, I come to find out again, a little bit of a tangent, but I come to find out, um, as I was in this depressive episode last December, I start talking to other high achieving women, like people that are just like me, I come to find out probably three quarters of them are on an antidepressant. I'm like, how come no one's talking about this? This is crazy. So anyway, so if you're in that spot, I think that coaching can be a good supplement to therapy or psychiatric care, but it doesn't replace it. But yeah, it's, you know, really it's for people that just want to level up. Like here's the deal. I'm really into Abraham Hicks right now too. Are you familiar? I'm, I'm not. Oh my gosh. Okay. Y'all need to go buy the book asking it is given like right now. It is so good. And it's all like, if you're wanting to get more into manifestation, you will really, really appreciate the teachings in this book, but it's just confirming what I've already known deeply that we are all spiritual beings, extensions of source energy who decided to come and have this physical experience. Did we decide to have a physical experience to be miserable and punching a clock and like living in a version of the movie groundhog groundhog day and oldie bit of goodie. Like, I don't, I don't think so. I think that we came here to create and basically just enjoy this beautiful experience and experiment that is life. So if you're kind of at that point where you're just feeling stuck and you know that there's more for you, a coach is a good way to help unlock that. So, and even if it's not like, even if I'm not the right coach for you, like find one who is and just, you're going to be amazed at how they can help you to really take a quantum leap in personal development. I couldn't have said it better myself at all. And, you know, whether it's like a specific business coach or a personal growth coach, like if it's a good coach that you, that of course you resonate with, those lines will bleed in my opinion, because you have to get down to the root. It's like, we're not here to put a bandaid, but I think a coach is, is like, it's someone that believes in you, you know, like they're holding this, this space and creating this container for you to show up for you. And, and it's just someone who till the day the world ends, like they just believe in you and, and, and uh, it's such a beautiful space. So I, I love that, that we have this opportunity to have this conversation and to share it to, even if it's just sharing that message or let alone sharing you as a resource. And even if people maybe like, I don't know, 
well, it's interesting to say, like, maybe you have a financial, you feel like you can't afford it, maybe, well, then that's part of your qualifying and your application. And also, let's say, like, things are priced at a certain point so that if you pay for it, you are dedicated to doing it. You know, if you pay $20 exactly. for a coach, you're not going to feel bad missing a call. Right. Um, so there's something <laughs> there in the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I know we could dive into the money mindset with all that as well. But just just to say, like, obviously, other resources like as a point of entry for getting familiar with you, of course, is the corporate dropout podcast. And I, and I've heard you say you're thinking about a book. So is that in the works? Yeah, actually. <laughs> so, you know, Gabby Bernstein, right? Uh-huh. I feel like I, I feel like I know her, even though I don't. <laughs> um, anyway, I've been following her for a really, really long time. And it was, oh, it was way earlier this year, maybe like February or something. I see this ad and it's like free webinar, for um, writing your next best-selling book. Now I have loved writing. That's my creative process. Like since I was a kid, minus like the essays they'd make you write in school that I did not like. I was good at it, but I did not like it. Anyway, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. This is a sign. Like I'm going to go to this free webinar. I learned, I learned stuff, but not enough. So of course I like join her masterclass for this bestseller, start writing the book, outlining all of it. And the title of the book is corporate dropout. And the core message is an energetic and tactical guide to leave the nine to five grind with swagger. And it occurred to me, actually, I had forgotten about this until I was looking back through the notes I took on the plane when I listened to that podcast and I like wrote and then like circled and triple underlined, like the book needs a podcast. And, and the podcast obviously came first because it will make for a much better book as I interview these people and learn more, but but yeah, so hopefully sometime next year, I have, I always have so many irons in the fire. I'm starting a master class too, which that's a whole other story that I could tell you about, but, um, I know yeah. you're right on the cusp <laughs> of so much, which is why this is again, so exciting to like expose you to my audience and to say like, follow her because like every day you're just sharing so many like resources and tools and inspirational messages. And you're, and you've got this podcast that just started and you've got all these like entry points to working with you that are right on right around the horizon. And, and even just to hear about how, like you say, you've got so many irons in the fire, like that in itself is so inspiring for, for someone who's going to gravitate to you for being some sort of entrepreneur or creative entrepreneur, like someone who likes to create, um, or manifest. So there's just so much there, but man, there's so much I could dive into with you. I feel like we really did a good job. (laughs) I mean, we have, we have eight more minutes. So we do. I have one (laughs) final question. Um, well, first, before I have my final question, I'll, I'll say this, because yes, we do have eight minutes. Let's use them. Um, <laughs> my last thing before I ask my kind of final capsulating question that I like to ask everyone, I will give you the floor to say, is there anything else that you feel like is important part of your work or your message that you either want to like reiterate or that we didn't necessarily get to? Yeah, I think reiterating, you touched on it earlier, but you know, unlocking your inner badass, right? Like so many of us are, like living in a cage. Like we feel like we can't really show up and be who we authentically are. And like, I'm just here to remind you, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, did not create you for you to live in a cage and color inside the lines and give a shit what everyone thinks. Like start living true to you in the forms that feel good. Like it's okay to feel good. Life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. So 
yeah, just start doing what makes you happy and gives you joy and fuck what anybody has to say about it. Hell Unless yeah. Cheering you on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Enjoy not endure that part right there. So good. Potentially podcast title worthy. We'll see. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, I, and just finding something that, you know, you're happy and, you know, I have to, this may feel random, but something that you said wanted me to called me to say something else, add something else to the conversation real quick, because you earlier, you were talking about, um, like how, you know, we chose to have this, this body and this lifetime and this experience. And I'll also say for anyone listening, like you've had some really interesting conversations on your podcast about spirituality and kind of like how those lines bleed. So another reason for people to go to listen, but in, I personally believe in reincarnation and past soul lives. And I like, too, even though I'm Catholic, I know that's a no, no, you know, but you know <laughs> what? Like, that's the beauty of the space we're getting into is that we are starting to bleed the lines and we're starting to say like, mm-hmm. it's okay that you can take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and whatever really works for you. I, so I really love that. And, um, yeah, I believe, so I believe that there's like this karmic kind of like storylines that we're trying to heal. So first I'll just throw in really quick. Um, I don't know if I have a really great question, but some things that I think you would find interesting and the listeners would find interesting in that regard is if you've ever, if you've ever heard of Akashic readings, it's a, yeah, Akashic readings. It, it is like this, this person, you can learn to do it for yourself, but there are people that are like, uh, that have a really high intuition and can and do it a lot easier for you. But basically like you have your soul council and, and you access this like a metaphorical library and you can open up your book and read about past soul lives and depending on the questions that you have or wherever you're at in this in this lifetime or whatever you're experiencing in that kind of like session where you're accessing this library relevant past lives that have to do with the karma that you are actively working through in this life will be shared with you um, to kind of tell you like, Hey, you've kind of been working on this and here's some, here's some ways that this has played out in the past. And, um, so, you know, we come down to this, to this earth and we have this lifetime and we should enjoy it, not endure it. And and part of enjoying it is allowing yourself to experience a variety of things and to try to connect the dot on all of this as we experience a variety of this life, we get closer, I think, to, becoming aware of what our karma is or what, whatever it is that we might be trying to heal in this lifetime. Um, and awareness, in my opinion, is the foundation of, of change. And I'll also add, and now we're, I got to make time for my last question. I'll also add, (laughs) (laughs) we can run over a little bit too. It's all good. (laughs) Okay. I appreciate it. I like to be cognizant of time and respectful (laughs) of people in that sense. Um, but, but the other thing I wanted to say for you that I thought, you know, you might really enjoy and the listeners too. Tyler and I just finished watching this mini series on Netflix called Sex, Love, and Goop. Have you heard of it? No, and I also canceled Netflix last September. <laughs> Find someone who has it and just temporarily get in <laughs> just for that because it, so Goop Lab is Gwyneth Paltrow's like business. Yeah. She did another series uh, a year or so ago that I think it's probably just called Goop oh. or something. Yeah. I watched it before I canceled. It was pretty cool. She had like, um, the Wim Hof like yes. ice thing on there. Yeah. I'm not doing that justice. And like, like microdosing with mushrooms and all. It was really interesting. Yeah. She's like, I mean, it's a series that is just like 
the first of its kind, in my opinion, where it's like this ma- on this mainstream platform where it's really easily accessible. And it's just sharing this like this world that a lot of people just don't even understand. So this yeah. series goes a little deeper into like the world of sex. And they, there are couples that have come onto the series and each couple's working with a different like sex related coach. There's like somatic sexologists and like relationship mentors. But so I would say in general, very interesting show. You have to get into like the, the one of the last episodes to get to the couple that does this thing I've never heard of. And if I, I, if I remember it was like constellation family work. So there are what they call resonators, which I would say in my view of it, was like these very highly empathetic people. So basically if I'm going into, to do this session, then there's like a group of resonators. And then there's like the, the main facilitator and the facilitator whispers to me and says like, okay, like pick someone to represent you. These people don't know anything about you. They don't know anything about your ancestral lineage. They don't know what you're working on or why you're there. They're very like empathetic people. They're able to put their own feelings aside and tune into yours. And so you'll pick someone to be you, but they don't know that you're, that they're you. And then the facilitator will say like, okay, pick someone to be your mom. And you just kind of intuitively pick someone to be your mom. They, they don't know that they're playing out your mom, but all of a sudden, basically what happens is you start to pick enough resonators to play out this like whole family lineage. And what happens is these people intuitively interact with each other and it, it, it shows because we don't really know what like our great grandma went through, really. Like yeah. we don't really know yeah. like what's way up there on the ancestral line that's trickled all the way down to our to our experience yeah. that we're trying to heal. And so they play it out and you can see you you see like they say how they're feeling about each other and and what they're they, they're wanting to walk away or walk towards someone. Mm. And um, it's so cool. It's like this this way of seeing your family history play out in front of you so that you can better understand what emotions have gotten passed down into you so that you can kind of identify them and say that that's not no longer yours. I don't have a follow-up question, except what do you think about it? (laughs) I completely buy into all of this stuff. And actually, um, and I'm not just trying to plug my, my podcast here, but I will anyway, (laughs) plug it, plug it. So episode 17 is the one with Dr. Valerie, where she talks about patriarchy, stress disorder. She touches into this too. You inherit trauma, you inherit gifts, all of that. And I actually just did a mindset Monday episode that dropped, um, November 1st because, well, as we record this, it's November 2nd, you know, Dia de los Muertos and today's all souls day. So the veil is a bit thinner and it's a good time to kind of ruminate on what may have been passed down good and bad. And if it's not yours, then you kind of put it in a container and, you know, you let it be there because what you resist persists. Um, but yeah, it's like separating what's yours from what's not and keeping the good and not, you know, not focusing on the bad. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just so excited. I I just feel like, you know, I'll just say, I'm going to pump you up and I, it's an opportunity for you to practice receiving. I really just feel like I haven't met very many people that, are so grounded in like the reality of the world today. And like, you have like these, this firsthand experience of like working at a company like Google and like what that means and how that feels, but that you are doing so much of this 
inner healing work where you can like speak to like the shadow aspect and the ancestral lines and how that affects not just you as a human, but how that translates into your ability to do your business. And because you're a coach as part of your business, that will translate into inspiring other people to say, hey, it's not just about like, what's your financial goal? How much money do you want to make this month or leaving your nine to five? What's at the root? And I just want to say, I just want to like, just like say thank you so much for like all the little bits and pieces of of who you are that you've kind of pulled together and that you've found these platforms to share it um it's really really inspiring and i hope that people will you know feel the same way i think that they will thank Um, you so much i i received that um (laughs) and and i thank you for that you know receiving is a feminine energy by the way most of us are in our masculine energy including women and neither is good or bad, but they need to be in balance. So that's why working on receiving is very important because most of us just give, 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 give. Ooh, I will take that. I will take that note because I have a high masculine uh, energy and I'm, I'm, I'm currently working on understanding like how to pull in some more of the feminine to create that balance. So that was a beautiful note to nearly end on. My last question is what would you say is the most or one of the most influential, inspiring journeys that you've experienced in your lifetime? I think finding my faith again, because that has unlocked everything. Um, yeah, this could have been the whole episode. I'll, I'll make it concise since I know it's already 1203. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I talked about this on an episode of mine, actually, Many of you who grew up with the Christian faith maybe can relate to this. Some Christians may act in such a way that they keep you from Christ. And that's what happened for me. I felt very judged and not good enough when I was around all these good Christian folk, air quotes. And so um, there was an experience that actually made me like deny the existence of God and like walk away from any type of like religion or faith at all. Because at the time I was young, I was like 13 when this incident happened. I didn't know that you could, you know, you could still be spiritual, but not religious. And then anyway, um, yeah, I had an uncle I was really, really close with pass away in, I think it was 2011. And I was in the room when he passed away. And, um, I remember, I I know this is going to sound wild, but like literally feeling the Holy spirit, like come in and take him and take him home. And I was like, wow, I can't deny the existence of God anymore. It may be inconvenient, you know, with all the dogma for, you know, 20 something year old who's single living in Chicago, working, you know, in bars in addition to her corporate jobs, like, you know, <laughs> not really like the church going type if, if you catch my drift. But um, anyway, I, I totally fell back into it. I found an amazing church in Chicago. I've since stopped going since I moved back to California because I just can't find one that I quite vibe with out here. But um, it was really embracing that faith and receiving signs that led me to meet my amazing husband. So, um, yeah, I think just, you know, being okay with your own flavor of things, like, like you said, I'm like rubbing an energy crystal on my neck and I've got like 
a Jesus figurine on my altar behind me with all these crystals and like a Bible and, you know, rosaries and all that. Like, and I'm into astrology, like just doing what feels good to you and not don't care what anyone else has to say about it. If you're not hurting anyone and it resonates with you and it, it helps you, I don't know, understand something about yourself or the world or others, then just go with it. And don't be so concerned with what society says is okay or not, because yeah, absolutely. Fuck that. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. Like just getting closer and closer to your truth and you get Mm -hmm. further and further away from all these external judgments and opinions. And uh, I think that was such a beautiful, um, inspiring, you know, your personal, most influential, inspiring journal. I'm sure there's a lot of people that can resonate with that or, um, or that will be food for thought for them. Yeah. So with that one thing too, I know this episode is going to run late, but I just, I have to say this other thing too, that I just thought of, I interviewed Sean Croxton on my podcast, um, a couple months ago. And when we were talking, he said, he brings up this talk that Ed Milet has done about meeting your twin at the end of your life or meeting a stranger. So I think like, as you go through this journey of life, imagine at the end of it, you go to the pearly gates or wherever, wherever it is that you want to go. And you get to meet your highest self, the person that you were created to become. If you met your full potential, when you die, do you meet your twin or do you meet a stranger? Oh, that gave me literal chills. And I'm in a car and I'm hot as hell, <laughs> but I got some chills. Wow. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty powerful, right? So yeah, I mean, your goal is to meet your twin at the end of it. So mm-hmm. whatever anyone else thinks, it doesn't matter. You do you girl oh. or or bro. Oh, bro. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm so glad you added that in. That was, that was amazing. Um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Cannot wait to share this. I'm, I'm going to probably put it out this week. Um, I'll let you know. I know. Um, thanks for, for sharing your time. I know you've got all the ways to, we've talked a little bit about like the website and all the ways that you can find you. You've got your corporate dropout Instagram, unless I'm going to put it all in the show notes. Um, so that people can just scroll right down and it'll all be links. You can easily find her all over the place online and reach out and connect. With all that being said, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Like one of my favorite interviews ever. So thank you for the time. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. Until next time.